can probably turn that off there if you want to. Um, share a few things today just about God's grace, His mercy, and His forgiveness. And I was telling our folks as we started out, we had a little couple of praises, man. How many know that there's a lot of power in prayer? Amen. Amen. A lot of power in prayer. How many know that if you got a praying mama, you're well on your way? Amen. Yeah, because she's not going to give up on you. That's good. Well, with that being said, I'm going to jump in so we can just have all the time for our guest speaker. I want you guys to give a long, warm welcome for my buddy Travis Hall from the Youth Challenge. Come on up, bro. Sometimes it's like, man, this, these folks are about Jesus. And I see a lot of that today. And I hope folks watching uh, are blessed by the testimony and what we share today. What you see is what you get, guys, uh, here today. We love you right where you are. But uh, God loves us so much, he won't leave us here. He wants to move us on to bigger and better things. And uh, so with that being said, I'm going to pray for us uh, uh, just for today. And uh, jump on in here. And I'm going to ask my buddy a couple questions. And I'm going to lay back and let God work through our friend. How's that sound? Amen. Lord, I ask you to be with uh, Travis and all of us today. And those listening, that I pray that something said today will, will just draw them closer to you, Father. That they hear about your grace. How you're a, a God of forgiveness. A God of mercy. Uh, a God that is a loving God. And Father, that uh, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus so that he can reconcile us through the cross, Lord. I pray that people listening today will hear that message with their heart and receive you today. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I talked to Travis a couple times, and we've been trying to put this thing together. He's had a few things going on. I said, bro, whenever you can come, I want you to come and share a little bit. How many know when you've gone through a rough patch and come out the other side, it's a, it's a something to tell to somebody. Okay. And it's a good thing to share that, isn't it? Because you know who gets the glory in that? God. You know, and I pray everything you hear and everything we do from the songs, from holding the door, glorifies God. Amen. Today. So I asked Travis, so Travis, tell us a little bit about where you were, where you went, and where you are now. So tell me, when we talked on the phone, you started out about talking about Samaria. You went to church all the time when you were young folks. Uh, and can we start there, brother? And I'm going to get out of the way. Sure. Um, you know, I grew up in a God-fearing home, and uh, mom and dad were always at church, and uh, which meant I was always at church, whether <laughs> I wanted to be there or not. And uh, I gave my heart to the Lord at a young age. I'm not really understanding what that was, you know, not really understanding that it was about a relationship. Right. And uh, so as I, uh, as I grew and got older, um, and got into high school, you know, I just kind of wanted to do my thing like so many of us do. And um, you know, just very, just wanted to be part of the crowd. Just wanted to party and have fun. Your know, life was a life was a party, I thought. And I just got involved with, with drinking and, and smoking weed, and, uh, and and that took a hold of me. I never realized what I, at that moment uh, the road that I'd set myself on. Um, I never realized where it would get me down the road. I just thought I was just smoking weed. 
to, uh, my parents, of course, found out about it. I went into rehab. First time at age 16, I went into rehab. And um, I stayed clean for the 30 days I was in there. And I stayed clean for about four days after that. And then I was right back in. Um, because I learned how to handle it this time. And uh, you know, sometimes you get rehab, you just, you just become a better addict um, than you were. And, um, so it just progressed, you know, and I was, I was never really, uh, you know, there's, there's a perception of some people that, that drug addicts are the guys and they go to with the needle and on, and that's not the case. Um, you know, most addicts are functioning and working, and, uh, you know, a lot of them, you wouldn't even know they're addicts until it got to a full-blown point. Um, and my life has progressed. You know, I, I tried different things. I, I, did, I joined the Army at 18. Uh, I thought I would serve my country and get away from it and be, you know, I, I never wanted to be a drug addict. I always wanted to kind of do the right thing. I just couldn't find my way out and I thought the Army was going to be my answer. The Army would straighten me up. And I learned that there was more drugs in the Army than there was in Portsmouth, Virginia. So it wasn't anywhere to run from, you know. And I, luckily I got out of the Army with an honorable discharge somehow. It just progressed, you know, went on. You know, I was, I was actually a, uh, uh, a firefighter for the city of Portsmouth for a number of years, and but my heart was far from God. And there were moments along the way that I would go to church and I would pray and I would ask God to deliver me, um, but I was never really willing, I guess, to do the work myself. I wanted God to flip a switch. I wanted, I wanted to be okay, and. Um, my addiction progressed, you know, of course, at, at a younger age, then you get involved in all kinds of stuff, LSD and all kinds of stuff, and ultimately, uh, crack cocaine uh, ultimately took my life uh, to places I never thought I would go. And uh, when I lost my job on the fire department, because I was arrested for possession of cocaine, um, I thought that was gonna be my, you know, the, the bottom that everyone talks about a lot in addiction. And, uh, and I went to another rehab. This was probably my third rehab uh, after I was in one other time. But, you know, and I stayed there for about a week and, uh, because of insurance, what the insurance was. And I just, I just was, I was just lost. And I knew the answer, my, I know, of course, my mom and dad would always tell me, my mom, you talk about a crayon mom, I think my mom wore out four or five pairs of jeans on her knees and <laughs> playing for me. And, um, and grandma too. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I always kind of knew what the answer was, I guess. I kind of knew that God was ultimately going to be the answer, but I, I just had no clue how to get to him. You know, I would, I would walk into a church and I would just feel so out of place. You know, like, surely I can't tell these people that I started the game, you know. And I, so I would, would attend church for a little while with my mask on and, uh, and ultimately just dying on the inside. And uh, the addiction flared up again a final time. Um, this, is, this is 18 years into it. Um, and, uh, you know, when they're coming and they're putting the tr your truck on the hook and your car on the hook because you haven't been making the payments and you literally have absolutely nothing left and nowhere to go. Uh, my eyes started to open and you know what, I've got to do something about this. And I never knew where to go. I never knew 
how to get there. I mean, I, I, like I said, I knew God was the answer, but I, how do you get to God? You know, I mean, I've prayed and I've been to church and surely he's upset with me, you know. Um, and so, and I don't know how, how deep you want me to go. But I was just thinking, I was just going to add in and just have a little conversation. I think a lot of people can relate to that because they think, well, I got to clean up to get to God. They don't realize that Jesus did all the cleaning. Uh, that, that he's the way, you know, and just like you said, I know for me, I, I never doubted that there was God, I just figured he was mad at me, you know, and so I can relate to that at that point, but yeah, so moving on a little bit there, and then so God gave you some opportunities along the way, right? Right, and I was, you know, the church I was in at the time over Chesapeake, you know, I didn't know where to go, and you challenged to show up one day like we did here today, we, we came for a the home invasion, I guess. And um, you know, and, and, and there's a choir that they comes and sing sometimes and they were sharing testimonies and I was just it was me that they were talking about up there. And so after that, I, about a week and a half later I was actually in the program <laughs> and not having a clue what that was gonna entail or mean, but I knew that I had nothing. Right. Literally and spiritually. And that I, I ultimately my answer was going to be to God. So I entered into the program, um, twelve month program, when I came through, and um, and it was there that uh, that I, I met God in a very personal way. Um, I was able, I think, the first thirty to forty five days, I think I cried the whole time. Yeah. I think it was just a cleansing that was going on inside of me, and I went through about seventy five boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> I tell you, that's something you know. I just you know, talking. I know um, my buddy Scott, we talk about, I said, I've never cried so much since I've been saved, you know, at any other time. But what happens is God starts doing a work on, his, on our heart. And you start seeing that cleansing. You start seeing how, my gosh, he loves me. He accepts me right where I am. And, and that right there just starts bubbling over. Mm -hmm. So, right. yeah. That's right. And you yeah. have this overwhelming feeling of, of gratitude. <laughs> and and, and your challenge was kind of a physical example for that because... My family was done with me. I mean, they loved me, but they were loving me from a distance. And um, and probably the best thing my parents ever did for me actually was to cut me off. But um, but I, I just didn't, you know, and just to have people that loved and accepted me. Our our, our founder of the ministry who passed away last year, Troy Cotter, was such a wonderful man. And um, you know, he, he he met me at the top of the doorstep, and he just had this this glow about him. I guess that. I, I hadn't seen him in a very, 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 very long time since I was a kid. And he just patted me on the back and said, it's going to be okay. God's got you. Yeah. And so as I went through the program, you know, my mom had always given me Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, as a scripture that I could hold on to, that I had a future and a hope, that God wasn't, wasn't uh, mad at me, wasn't going to destroy me, uh, but he had a plan for my life. And, uh, but I never read down much further than that. And um, I was reading that portion of scripture, and I got down a few verses where it says, if you seek me, you will find me. And then that, that big, giant, two-letter word, if you seek me with all your heart. Wow. That's powerful. And that was kind of my commitment to God. You know, I said, I, I need to know who you are. I don't need to know that my mom says you're God. I don't need to know that my grandma says you're God. I need to know that you're who you say you are for me. Excuse me. And... Um, and so I, I did that. I kept my commitment. You know, I didn't play a whole lot. Of, I didn't shoot a whole lot. You got wreck time and all that. I didn't do a whole lot of that. You know, I exercised some in the gym, played a little basketball. But 
for the most part, I was in the Word. I hadn't had it. And, uh, and I, so I, that was kind of my commitment to God. But I, I had to know at the end of the year. Yeah. And God showed himself in, in some miraculous ways. Yeah, you, you shared a few things how God's just been the provider and everything. I thought it was really nice, you know, when you're, you're talking about it, it just hit home for me. And he says, if, you know. You were willing, and you know what? It also, I see in our life as we seek the Lord, He puts that desire for us to know Him better. It's not a chore. It wasn't a chore at that point. I don't tell you. It was like, man, I'm the. I'm, 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 this is bringing life into my life. That's how it was for me. It sounds like very similar to you. Yeah. So tell us about some of the miraculous ways how God just revealed Himself to you. You know, it was. It was an interesting time in my life. You know, because I was. I had to, I had to forget about a lot of a lot of the um, my perception of God. So sometimes I think it's easier we don't have any clue who God is than to have a, a long time of perceiving God a certain way and you got to find him in a new way. But, um, but throughout throughout, well, you know, I guess I was in in the program maybe three and a half months, and after four months, the guys go to Pennsylvania. There's a, a 300 acre farm training center that's up there. And um, and I was you know, I came in and had you know all the stuff I needed and they, and they provide you know we provide toiletries and all those things and um, and I was you know going through this thing where God knows the number of the hairs on my head and all this stuff and I needed some shampoo and uh, you know I was getting ready to go to the mountain and uh, I had this much shampoo in my bottle of shampoo and um, and I knew it was gonna be a fresh bottle. And so I asked the Lord, it sounds kind of silly, you know, but I said, Lord, if you really are who you say you are, and you really know who I am, and that you will meet all my needs according to your riches and glory, mm -hmm. I need some shampoo. Landed at that right? I don't want to ask anybody. I don't want to go to the office. Cause I could have went and put a request form for shampoo, and I would have got someone. I could have, you know. I don't know, my mom probably would have sent me some shampoo. She wouldn't have sent me no money, but she might have sent me some shampoo. And, um, but I didn't want that. I wanted, I, and I think God saw some desperation in my heart that it wasn't about the shampoo. It was about really needing to know that, um, that God knew me. Yeah. And, um, and that he cared, I think was my big thing. He really cared. And, um, you know, so the next few days I kept, when we were coming off work detail, I'd peep in the office doors, hoping to see I see a bottle of shampoo that name on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> my expectation was some little blue-haired old lady from the church was going to come up and God told me to buy this for some guy named Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be obedient. <laughs> and, uh, <you> know, <laughs> and that never happened. You know, it never happened. And, and the reality of it was I never Got another bottle of shampoo. And so I was kind of going through this thing, like, right, where's my shampoo? I'm getting ready to go to the mountain. I went to the mountain. Well, okay, I guess maybe God's not listening. And um, but that much shampoo ultimately lasted me the last eight months of the program. <laughs> and when I graduated, and when I graduated the program, I honestly still had this much shampoo in my bottle. I mean, it was a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was blowing my mind. Yeah. 
But you know, God made a point. Yeah. And his point was that you know, I'm not going to deal with you in a way that you expect me to deal with you. I'm not going to um, necessarily give you the things that the way you want it. But I've got you. And I'm not going to ever let you go. And um, but the funny part of the story is when I graduated, I stayed on as an internship program. Um, and I stayed on, and you know, and when you're working there, you get a little fifty dollar a week stipend, which I got. The shampoo was gone in like two weeks. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I wouldn't have to buy shampoo ever again. Everlasting bottle of shampoo. But I had fifty bucks, so I could buy my own shampoo at that point. And um, you know, but God really got my attention. Really good. That, that's really powerful. So now, when we were talking a little bit this week, we are talking about how you shared that. I just thought, man, he is a provider. And then not only that, you got the program. And I want to remind everybody, this is a great program, but the greatest thing about the program is it's Christ through a program. I want y'all to hear that. He keeps pulling it back. It's, it's, it's a Christ in a program. What the Lord says, loving you where you are and pointing you to, to Christ and, and, and God doing the work in it. Now, you came out of the program. You always had a heart to get back with the program and, and give back. But you went out, you got the Lord bless you with a couple of good jobs out there, right? Yeah, I went to work. You know, it's, uh, I went to work. Um, I stayed up about a year and worked at Rainer for a while. Um, I met my, uh, would be my future bride there, my beautiful bride, Dawn, who uh, I love very much. Unfortunately, she loves me. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she wonders why, but. Um, but I felt it was time for me to move on. You know, I felt it was time for me to kind of go on with my life. I had kids from a previous marriage, and I needed to, you know, do the right thing and pay my child support and take care of my kids. Um, so I, uh, I went to work at 33 years old, um, working in the Parks County Bars, or the Parks Store, yeah. and, uh, and just gave them everything I had for the eight bucks an hour they were paying me. Yeah. And God honored that. And uh, a year later, I had a store, and two years, and then another year after that, I was a district manager. And, That's um, amazing, man. Yeah, so you started out just working right at the counter, ground level, <laughs> working as if you're working to the Lord, and God rewarded that. That's, you know, one, thing, one thing that I learned when I was in the program is, it's, you know, I always, because I knew about the Bible, you know, and, and I felt like I know more than the people teaching me the Bible sometimes, because I studied it when I was young. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop smoking crack to save my life when I was a scholar. <laughs> um, you know, I, I learned that you know it's, it's more what, it's more about what you do, and it's more about not that you earn God's love, but but we're rewarded according to our works. And, and I just learned the art of doing what you're told and keeping your mouth closed. And uh, and so that's what I did, and, and God honored it. You know, there's a mentality out there today that you know. You pay me as a manager, and I'll start acting like one. <laughs> That's not the way it works. But uh, but it was all God because I'm far from an auto parts guru. I'm far from a retail guy. Um, but it was all God. He just honored it. And so I worked there for a number of years, and I thought about six, seven years I was there, and I really felt like God was uh, calling me back to the ministry. You know, I had this. Just this overwhelming desire. I'd stayed involved. I'd gone back and talked to the guys from time to time. And, you know, I, I would play drums with the choir sometimes. I'd go out and, and do different things. And I just love to go hang out, you know, because that's I'm not a bunch of guys just like me. And uh, but I really felt like I needed to go deeper. And uh, 
you know, so I would go to talk to Brother Troy, and uh, and we talk, and he said we need to just be sure, and uh, so I thought I was sure, and I put uh, I put my uh, my wife and I we sat down and we looked at it, you know, financially, what you know that's the prudent thing to do. Am I going to be able to do this? Because I know what they make it be a challenge, and a whole lot, and how are we going to cut back, and what can we do to make this work? And so I went to Troy with what I thought was the bottom line. Uh, my bottom line salary requirement to come to work in ministry. And he just kind of laughed at me and said, I don't make that much. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> and keep praying. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, right? I, I thought I had all the facts on. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, uh, I tripped down some more, went back, and he said, keep trimming. <laughs> You know, and then I had what I would call a burning bush experience, I guess, when I thought, you know, because God had restored at this point, God had restored a relationship with my with my family, which was huge for me with my mom and dad, my dad in particular. Um, and the funny part of that is, you know, after I had graduated, it had been three years, you know, my dad was, you know, he's he's very uh, practical in his, in his application of his faith. Um, and he just... He just didn't trust me as far as he could see. You know, he's the kind of guy, especially when I was in addiction, when he leaves the room, the first thing he does is this make sure the wallet's in his pocket. <laughs> and he want me to dip it in. But uh, three years after graduating, you know, I'm at his house in the garage, doing something in the garage. And he just looked at me and said, You know what, son? I think you might make it this time. I said, really? Why is that that? He said, because it's been three years, you haven't asked me for anything. <laughs> that was kind of his barometer. Yeah. But it took me three years to get to might make it. And uh, so the relationship was progressive by, by all means. But um, I went and, and talked to my dad. He's kind of like my voice of reason. You know, because sometimes you can you can get ahead of God a little bit. And, you know, there's there's there's, there's one thing to make a spirit-based decision, but it's, it's another to be prudent and practical about it. And so I went and talked to my dad. I said, you know, I just, I don't see how it's going to work. And, but I can't get this thought out of my mind. I, and I kind of thought that my dad was going to agree with me. And then I could, you know, well, I guess that's just a thought. And, but my dad was the first one to bring out the pen and paper uh, and say, let's, let's put it on paper and see what it looks like. He looked at me and just said, son, if you know that God wants you to go to the challenge, you don't have a choice. You've got to go. Mm -hmm. Wow. And for my dad to say that was wow. huge, you know, because he's the first one, why are you going to pay your bills? You know, because I'm not paying them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, and so I, 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 I went back to that bottle of shampoo. Yeah. And, you know, in prayer, and I really felt like the Lord was saying, you know, if I can make a bottle of shampoo last eight months, don't you think that I can take care of you if you do this for me? And, um, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I went. I left the uh, company car and, and went to work along with him. And I tell you, I haven't wanted for a thing. Um, uh, what's the same broken happy? Um, but I, I have, my wife and I haven't wanted for a thing. I mean, of course we want stuff for him, but we haven't needed anything. God has met all of our needs and it's been really, really an awesome time uh, being back and the challenge and seeing how he works being a part of a place that saved my life. Amen. Um, you know, it's, I can't really put it in words what it means, you know, because God, not only was it a thing about, it wasn't just about getting me off drugs. 
you know, there's a lot of people that get off drugs a number of, a number of different ways. Um, but it was about experiencing that, that love of God that I've never, ever known. And knowing that, uh, that that is the key to everything, you know, and that love sometimes comes as a hug and love sometimes comes as a swift kick in the tail sometimes. Um, but that's, that's it's still love. And, uh, and to go back and be, be a part is something that um, I'm just so grateful and thankful for. I never thought, I never ever thought that I would one day be, Peter told me when I was in the program that I would have been one day be the director of the program. That's, that's I don't that, but, um, yeah. um, you know, but I, you know, serving, <coughs> under, serving under a guy like Troy Collier for a number of years was, um, was incredible. And, uh, you know, just, I think if I could choose one word to describe him of any other word, there's many you could use because he was a great man. But I think joy would be the one word that I would, because it didn't matter what was going on. And, was, cause then, and we got close, so he was sharing personal struggles and me, things that were going on in his family. And he was just like the rest of us, we all had issues. And, um, but the joy that he had, you know, and I'm, you know, one of the things that what I was responsible for was you know, make sure the bills got paid. And, uh, and so I'm looking at the money we have and the number of bills we have. And they add up, and I'm, so I'm pulling my hair out where the money's gonna come from, and he's just walking around, God's got it. Don't worry about it, God's got it. And I'm like, where is, how does that work? Not stress out about this. But he had learned in his relationship with God that God, you know, I don't know what his bottle of shampoo was, but he had, he had a bottle of shampoo. He knew. And, uh, but he, the joy of the Lord was his strength. And he always walked in that joy. You know, and, and he's and he, one of the things he always said is is you know we can't always be thankful for all things. That's just kind of unnatural. But we can always be thankful in all things. That's good word. And um, and I've always kind of carried that with me. You know that no matter what's going on, we have something to be thankful for. That's amazing. And uh, and I learned to appreciate the little things in life. You know, relationships are something that I used and abused all throughout my addiction, and uh, whether it was family or otherwise, and uh, and just how special, and, and something to be cherished, a relationship is, you know, that, that somebody else, you know, cares about you is, is huge, and that they want to take time out of their busy schedule to help me do something, or whatever it is, you know, it's huge, and it's not really something that we should take for granted. And I guess I, I learned to appreciate things a lot more. Absolutely. And um, you know, but uh, you know, as 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 time moved on, in my time with you challenged, I've just seen God do a, a lot of great things. You know, and I've seen God do heart surgery like He did on me. And uh, another one of Troy's sayings was that uh, God puts us on an operating table, and He starts doing heart surgery on us. But he doesn't use anesthesia. Yeah. And so sometimes it hurts. And but it's necessary. Yeah. And um, you know, so I I guess I always had this perception that my walk with God was supposed to be just trouble free. You know, I skipped right past that passage that says in this life you'll have many troubles. 
I'm going to just jump right over that one. So now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, but God has a way of working all things together for our good, and I've learned to really appreciate that about Him. Um, you know, and you see it all throughout Scripture. How God has redeemed man all throughout. I used to always like to read the New Testament, and I just didn't like to read the Old Testament at all. Um, but I learned that. When I read the Old Testament, I learn more about myself than I do at reading the New Testament because it's 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 my story. You know, I get in a mess. I come to God. He makes things okay. I turn my back on God. I get in a mess. You know, and it's just this constant cycle that man has been in since the beginning of time. And so I know I'm not, I know I'm not the only one that's crazy. Yeah. You know? So. Um, but I've, uh, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> um, I've just learned to appreciate everything that God does as he's working through people. And, yes. and I, I really appreciate the, the, the story of, uh, of Rachel and, and Jacob when, when she died in childbirth, giving birth to her last son. And uh, um, you know, she wanted to name the son, I think it was Benoni or something, God of, uh, the son of my sorrows was the translation of the name. And um, and then she passed, and then Jacob said, no, we're not going to call it that. We're going to call him Benjamin, which meant the son of my right hand. And it was just a picture of how God renames our lives. And we may, we may come to him in this place that's just so broken and sorrowful. But he says, you know what, that's not who you are. Amen. You know, you're the son of my right hand. And, um, and, he, and, he, and he does it. You know, and it's not a light switch, but it's it's such a rewarding work, and it's you know I'm still in it. Yeah, I am far from redeemed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean I've been redeemed from a lot of stuff, but you know I'm still a work in progress. Yeah, yeah I think you know I'm just going to jump in here. I think you know people listening and, and maybe listening on the internet later on today is that God will take you right where you are. And, and, and he said it. I know most any of us can relate to it. A lot of times we go, God, I need this. I need this. Help me. Help me. Help me. Pull me out of this ditch. And we get on that path and we go, well, please, I'll get back with you later. And then we're back in the ditch, you know, over and over and over. Uh, and I think most of us, I was preaching to me first, I can relate to that, you know. But then I see, your, your story to me almost reminds me of Joseph, from the pit to the palace, you know. Uh, here you're going through the different things as a, as a young man in school, uh, addicted to drugs before you graduate, before you get out of school, you know. And God still never leaving you, never leaving you. And, uh, you know, so just as we get ready to bring a little bit of this to a close, I, I want for, for two things that I'd like you to, to address with it. For the folks that are in the shoes that you're wearing, and many of us here, I want you to speak to them for a minute. Where would you go? What, where can they reach you? Uh, what was the turning point for you? And I think we, we carried a lot of that. And then the next thing, for the families. Because I know this. If someone in your family has a alcohol or drug problem, guess what? Your family. That's an alcohol and drug problem. Amen? Amen. It's not just them. And uh, so so first, what would you say to somebody listening today or sitting here today that they go, man, he's speaking to me. What would be a good step for them? What would you say? I know we're going to point to the Lord there. So, right. I, you know, I, I guess the first thing I would say is that there, <coughs> there is hope. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're not alone. You're never alone. Um, you know, there's, uh, of course, youth challenge. Um, yes. 
would be a, a wonderful place. It's a place that helped me um, where you could find that hope. Um, and that's a Newport News. That's a Newport News. Um, YouthChallengeHope.org. Uh, or if you're listening, 244-1234, real easy to remember. Yep. And, um, or contact us and we'll contact you. Either way we can get them. Email and we'll get in touch with you on call or look us up and, and come by the center, shoot us an email, whatever it, you, you want to do. Um, but take that first step <laughs> is always the hardest because we think we can't. You know, when you look at, I didn't get my mess overnight, and I wasn't going to get out of it overnight. I, I say this, I say, sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. We get a drop at a time, and then we go, how did I get here? Right. You know, mm -hmm. and what do I do now? You know, right. I'm with you, brother. And so getting out of it sometimes is, is a similar path. Out of it, <laughs> yes. you know? out Just can't jump out of the barrel as much as I wish I could. Um, but uh, um, don't ever think that, that, that you can't do something, right? Well, I can't leave my family, I can't do this. You have to come to that realization that you're not doing your family any good anyway. And your family would probably be much better off with you somewhere where you could get yourself together because your family needs you. Absolutely. And um, so to, to make that, that, that choice and that commitment and to not look at the fact that if, if you challenge where someone would choose to go, that it's a 12-month program. Just look at it. Just do, just do each day as it comes. Amen. And, um, and just watch the Lord work. And That's awesome. Now, how about for the family to just say, you know, just like your mom and dad, they love you and you're just getting that no more. I can't do no more. What what would you what would you encourage them with from the Lord? Um, you know, uh, like I said earlier, the best thing that my mom and dad ever did for me, as harsh as it may sound, was to cut me off. And it's a very hard thing to do when you, especially when it's a child, um, and they start pulling the "I'm hungry, I'm cold" card. And um, you know, I'm not saying don't give them some food. You know, but certainly don't give them money. But there needs to be a line that you draw that you will not cross until they get help. Because until until an addict's back is completely against the wall, you know, if I if I as long as I have somewhere to lay my head and an ability to put food in my belly and I have to pay for it, life it's on. Yeah. And um so it's a hard decision to make, but it's a necessary one. But as you're doing that, as hard as it is, know that as in those decisions, as no matter what your child may say to you or your loved one may say to you, it's not them. Mm -hmm. It's not them because they're going to be upset. And they're going to call you probably every day in the book and cut them off. I know I, I know I felt that way. Um, but that's not who they are. And But you're just doing what's necessary for them to get to that place where they're ready. And But, but still know and understand that there is hope. Yeah. Don't ever stop praying. Don't yeah. ever stop praying. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot about, about my mom, you know, and uh, my oldest daughter, I've um, uh, got five children, my oldest daughter is, uh, is a heroin addict, um, which is kind of a, I think I'd be the last guy with a drug addict child, but that's just addiction. No one's exempt from it. Yeah. And, um, and just having a visual of what I put my mom through, and but she never stopped praying for me. And I know that that's what saved my life. Don't ever stop praying. And then, you know, if, if your loved one does come to a place where uh, where they come to a place like you challenge, with you challenge in particular, 
Um, you know, we have a family program. We've started a family enrichment program where we involve the family in the recovery process because the family's hurting too. You know, historically, we've, we've got the attic hole and the family's left out hurting. And we just want to make sure that that's such a huge opportunity to minister for us. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, so we, we, we do that. And it's, it's been great. That's, that's awesome, man. Did you guys uh, get anything out of that today? this up, but I'm sure if you guys have any questions about what was said today, you'd be glad to, to uh, speak with you and everything else. I'm just going to kind of bring a few things to, to close it that the Lord laid on my heart. First, if, if you need help, he says, you know what? There's always help in the Lord. And if you need help, there's always hope. There's people that love you. And don't think if people don't bow to the needs that you have right then when you're going through these things that they don't love you. And when I got out of this, sometimes that's tough love. is very tough. It's, it's very tough. But like they said, he said, you know, prayer, keep praying. We had a few testimonies before we came online today of how the power of prayer changes everything. Amen. You know, as he was sharing, you know, a lot of times when we pray and we, we, we lay the police out for God, we say, Lord, you know, if, if you're real, if you're real, you, you're going to do it like this, just like I, I, I asked. Like God's a genie in a bottle. He's the creator of the universe. And, and we need to have that reference in that. But when we seek him with all our heart, you know, it wasn't so much about the shampoo, he said. It was about God knew his heart and said, I, I, I need to know you. I need to know what's going on. I need to know. I, I love what you said there, brother. You said, I, I don't need to know who my mom says you are. I don't need to know who my grandma says you are. It's the personal relationship that God's always talking about. And that's what I want you guys to hear today. And this is the story. God is in a life-changing and restoration, restoring business, right? And people listening and, and folks here and even in our own lives as we're talking. But, buddy, you don't know what my life is like. You're right. Never want to minimize what you've been through or anything else. But I want to maximize the God we need to go to to take care of those things. Amen? Amen. He'll take you right where you are. And I, and I hope everybody hears that today because I love it. Uh, you know, if you just bring it around us, there's hope. There's hope. We're not like the world hopes so that we talk about many times. Man, maybe we'll, maybe we won't. It's that confident expectation that God will do what he said he is, that he's going to do. Now, there's a lot of people in this room, a lot of people that I talk to from time to time. And I said, have you ever found God to, to be untrustworthy? I haven't found anybody say that yet. You know, you're walking well in the world. Now, it might not turn out just like the way you want it, at the time you want it, at the, the, the color you want it, the taste you want it, and everything else. But I'm going to tell you what. Like he said, it's necessary. And it's not always a picnic. If anybody's thinking that they, they pray a prayer and my life's going to be perfect and nothing's ever going to happen, man, it's not going to rain on my house. You know, I'm never going to have a flat tire. You're missing the mark on that. But I'm going to tell you what. You will never go through any trouble or any trials alone. And I also want to say this, just like you talked about ministering to the family, there's a blessing in having a church family. There is a huge blessing in having a church family where people can come along and pray and come along and maybe listen and come along and maybe give you that hope. Hey, just like you said, your brother said, met you at the top of the step. It's going to be all right. How many times in your life, when, when everything was ripped apart, if you just had that one person, you know what, we're going to make this thing. 
We're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. You might not know how it's going to be okay, when it's going to be okay, all that. God said it's going to be okay. When we put our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, God said it's going to be okay. It is finished. So we talked about all types of things today. I'm so thankful for you to come out and share the truth of life and the truth of everlasting life. Amen? Amen. If you're in a bad spot right now, it doesn't have to end that way. It can start fresh today. So if, if you're listening and, and you're here today and you say, you know, uh, that's not my story. My story's a little different. But you know what? Here's a story that everybody can relate to. You ready? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me translate that. Buckrow translation is, we all need Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, I, I, I shared this yesterday. I went to the credit union, and they had some, some young ladies out there and everything and I, uh, with some calendars from another church, and, and a friend of mine pastors there. It's, it's great. And uh, I went there, and he said, would you like to buy a calendar? I said, what I like about it. I said, what's on the account? I said, got a bunch of scriptures. I said, oh, well, you're talking my language now. I said, you guys got the perfect setup. I said, I'm going to get some change, and I'm going to come back, and, and, and I want to talk to you guys. I said, because what, what are y'all sharing that? And Jesus said, they go, yes, sir, we are. They were excited about getting the word out. And I got, you know how I love to do different little, little uh, Stories and tell them something. I told them a couple stories. Oh, that's good. And I told them, I said, my name is Pastor Buddy, and this, that, and everything else. And I talked to them and everything, and gave them the whole gospel plan. And they were amen and everything else. And people were stopping, you know, going like this. And we were handing out calendars and everything else. And I just appreciate the work that they're doing for the Lord. And then I said, Do you remember my name? And they go, Pastor. I said, It don't matter my name, the name of Jesus. And they go, Yeah, that's right. It wasn't about me. It was about pointing them to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Friends, that's what we want to do here today. We want to point you to Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for each one here and those listening later and those that are online now. I pray that you know that you heard something that pulled on your heart today. I pray that you're hearing this message today and you say, man, man, buddy, that, that, that is, that's me. Or that's my friend. That's what's going on in our life. We've got something special. And each one of us have it, and it's called choice. You have a choice to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or to reject him. If you choose not to receive him, guess what you've done? You've rejected him. So I want to be very clear. I pray God help me to make this presentation very clear. The Bible is very clear on this. It says, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means that all of us, why do we sin? Because we're sinners. What's the remedy? There's only one remedy. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Aren't you glad there's only one way? If it was more than one way, we'd probably mess it up. It's about putting our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. Jesus Christ came and led a life that was sinless to be the perfect sacrifice for each one of us that are full of sin. He laid down his life. And then God raised it up on the third day. And he sits on the right-hand side of God, interceding for you. When you call on the name of Jesus, God says, I will come into your life, and I will seal you. What I do, buddy, I pray, what I, what I do, if that's your prayer today, that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that you want to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me from your heart. Don't just say words. 
Anybody can say anything. Pray this from your heart. Dear Lord, your word says, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, that I will be saved. Saved from what? From hell. See, nobody likes to hear that part, right? Lord, come into my life. I receive your son. Jesus, forgive me of my sin today. Make my heart new. And help me to walk out all you have for me in my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, man, you know what? Don't leave here without telling somebody, you know, that made sense to me today. And today, I called on the name of Jesus. Today, Christ is starting to make a difference in my life. If you guys got any questions about what's going on, you can check out our website at keepthepromise.org. Uh, we'll be glad to get you some more information. If you want to get plugged into the Christ Center program from Youth Challenge, hey, I ask you to pray about supporting that. We're, we're partners with them as a church, but there's always things that God can lay on us individual. If God's laid that on your heart, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to honor what God's showing you and doing. And we just want to tell you that we love you and God's good. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen.